Hello everyone and thank you so much as always for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Wishing you a very happy new year. Hope your 2024 goes excellently and 2023 was grand. And as a new door opens and 2024 enters, another door closes for the DCEU. A moment silent please for whatever the hell was going on there. But all jokes aside, the DCEU certainly has been one... It's been one heck of a ride, hasn't it? As Forrest Gump would state that life's like a box of chocolates, the same can be applied for the DCEU as you never did know what you were going to get. Schneider had his vision, but so too did Warner Brothers, and here we are, ten years later or so, just looking back like, what What happened? Like, what went wrong there? I mean, I would love to do a podcast reflecting on the DCEU, to be fair, and just going over the highs and the lows that, that were in there. And it's been a very, very messy affair. That leads me nicely to talk about the final film for the DCEU, because Aquaman 2, would you believe was just a tad messy. We all know the film has been a little bit of in-development hell and with all the changes going on with DC, it just seemed stuck in limbo and been constantly edited, changed, tweaked, which of course is going to cause some alarm bells for fans and audiences. Test screenings apparently weren't great and sadly, I just feel that the film has always had that black cloud looming over it where already people were just going in thinking that It was going to be terrible, and this then may lead to the hammering it's been getting online by some, going as far to say that it's the worst DCEU films, which, considering the first Aquaman grossed over a billion dollars and was received fairly well, it was a bit sad to hear like all these negative reactions. Though, of course, as I stress that I'm never drawn into what the lovely internet has to say on things, but it was just a little bit concerning just how negative the word of mouth was about this film. Because having seen it, it it really isn't that bad at all. It's not amazing and it isn't going to go on your list of favourite superhero films, but it certainly has its moments to enjoy. It is just, like I said earlier, just a bit messy. But in the messiness of the film, there are some really great and strong moments, in particular the action sequences. This film, if anything, shows that director James Wan, who has regular listeners will know I think is one of the best to do it can really put together big and epic scale sequences that are designed for the biggest screen that you can find the fights between Aquaman and Black Manta in this film were very very fun more on that shortly of course if I was to sum up Aquaman 2 is that it perfectly represents just how the DCEU has been managed overall and just how the universe has been these last 10 years messy with some bright sparks at times And that is what we're going to be discussing on this episode, which of course is available on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts. As to RSS.com, jump onto Facebook and Instagram, search Joe Blogs About Films, give us a like and a follow on there, that'd be awesome. If you could too, hit the notification button wherever it is that you're listening to the podcast from. And finally, leave us a review, hit the five star button for whatever stars, to be honest with you, on Spotify or wherever, just leave a review, that would be absolutely amazing. When Manta discovers an ancient weapon and sets out to destroy Atlantis, Aquaman turns to his imprisoned half-brother Orm for help. I'm going to again reiterate that this film isn't that bad. There's a charm about it that reminded me of an early 2000s superhero film. The story isn't complex or bloated by any stretch, but it doesn't really do anything new. Again, not that that is a bad thing at all, but it seemed a little more safe than its predecessor. It felt like more fun and campy this latest Aquaman which to be honest I really dug as I'm all for a film that doesn't necessarily take itself seriously but 
they do have to get that level right. Like they absolutely do need to get that level of like silliness or whatever, you know, not taking themselves seriously at the right level because otherwise you end up with Thor Love and Thunder, which Aquaman 2 is most definitely not. I have seen the comparison mutterings online and I demand that to stop because Aquaman 2 is nothing of that sort. What I mean is, is that you can certainly tell that the actors have let loose more in this film with their performances. We have the buddy comedy aspect of the film between Jason Momoa and Patrick Wilson's own, which if I'm if I'm being honest, that that kept the film really enjoyable, like more so than what I was expecting. Like I would take more of those two together on screen than seeing the blurry, hellish looking CGI that the film includes. Again, just very dizzy at times with the CGI. And I also enjoyed the angle of having Aquaman essentially he's suffering from some form of imposter syndrome and feeling that he's not up to being the king of Atlantis or that he's you know, not necessarily doing a good enough job. Now, Aquaman is struggling with all of the responsibilities that he now has, not just being the king of Atlantis, but he's a father now too. So there's there's good enough development there that the film goes on throughout, which is nice. But ultimately, I wasn't invested in that by the time the film came to a close. I was really just wanting more Black Manta. Having Black Manta back for the sequel is so old school and class, in my opinion. Like, how often do we ever see... In superhero films, the, the villain from the previous one just coming back for the sequel. Usually the bad guy is dealt with, the heroes dust the shirt off their shoulders, and on to the next one. Manta being back for me is, again, another reason I felt that really early 2000s vibes with the film. Like, take the Fantastic Four films, for example. They both included Doom in their respective movies. Granted, I know that they weren't great films, but I respect that creative decision because Doom is too powerful for just one story. Come on, guys. Also, not to forget just how badass... Manta's costume and helmet is practical over visual effects all the time. Say it with me. But yes, yeah, sorry, Manta being in this film was excellent, and a lot of my favourite moments did revolve around Yahya Abdul Mateen II and his portrayal. There are negatives around his arc of the film, which I will get into in a second, but oh, those glowing red eyes on that retro looking mask made me smile every time that he appeared. Like one really utilised darkness for Manta that worked excellently the sequence in the pitch black room just being illuminated by manta's red eyes was fantastic and very very visually pleasing or how the eyes would glow through smoke and whatever as well that too was a very lovely touch manta of course is still on the revenge plot against aquaman for what he did to his father but in addition he comes across the black trident which essentially gives him superpowers and enough power to take on a god like aquaman very safe, like I said earlier, but this is where the negatives creep in, as I don't mind the side of the Black Trident giving him powers. It's it's when it becomes like Manta is possessed and his personality is changing of that of the kings of this lost kingdom, this evil king from this lost kingdom. It, it just felt like it tilted that way rather quickly and so never really felt fully developed. I think I was I think it was just enough for me with the film of having Manta being given these powers that fair enough, yeah, they might corrupt him a tad, but not to the level that it does go with the film. I think that the film really had something, to be honest with you, with the theme of global warming, that maybe this is all they really had to do with Black Manta. Him retrieving the certain MacGuffin within the film is now causing the Earth to get warmer and warmer at a much rapid speed, leading to disasters on the dry land, of course. Part of me wishes it was just a lot simpler and just ran with that more so than everything else because we could have just had Aquaman having to save his home on the land as well as the sea. But on top of all of that, they decided to throw in this evil lost kingdom that he had to sort out as well. It just felt really all over the place with all of that. I felt like it just a bit jarring at times. But even with these negatives, the film does have its better moments. Like I mentioned earlier that one 
does a tremendous job with the action, and he really, really does. Like leaving all the messy CGI stuff to one side, when the film was brought down a scale for these low-key action pockets, they were far more impressive than these giant sequences that the film has. There's a sequence where Aquaman and Orm arrive on what is essentially Skull Island, in which Mantra has set up his evil lair in the cave there, and our heroes have to go through and take him down, and, and the use of long takes in this cave is fabulous. Like tracks along the walls and up into different rooms as Aquaman and Orm storm through to stop Manta. In addition, in this same in the same sequence, Orm is being chased by one of the cooler new looking ships that the film has. Think the War of the Worlds tripod, only they're octopuses and you're, you're pretty much there. And he's like dashing through this narrow gap all the while the metal octopus thing is crashing through the walls with its legs. And again, one take, one long take, it really looked fantastic on on the big screen. And it's a shame that the film didn't have any more of these amazing moments like this. We get some decent enough choreographed fights between Manta and Aquaman, and had there been plans for a third Aquaman film, I wouldn't have put it past one in bringing Manta back for another round or six. Overall, I feel there is a good film in there somewhere. It's clear that one had something that has been just chopped and changed and so many times that I sadly feel it is just it's just a case of all over the place, which sums up everything really, doesn't it, with the DCU? It's just been all over the place. It didn't overstay its welcome, though. I will say that as well. Perfect runtime. It's more campy than the first, and Aquaman doesn't necessarily feel like the Aquaman that we've been used to seeing. I think it could be down to the portrayal that Momoa's gone with this time. It felt like I was watching just Jason Momoa with a trident, but hey... He's had a great run with it. He's made this character cool, and we can't take that away from Jason Momoa. Like, he has made Aquaman super cool. Standouts were Patrick Wilson and Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. I haven't even mentioned Amber Heard, because she, she was in the film a lot more than I thought she would be after everything that's gone off in the background, this and that. You know, she was sprinkled out well, but I did think it was quite fairly obvious what scenes had been shortened or a dialogue removed, this and that. It's not so subtle, but hey, never mind. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, it does have bright sparks, but ultimately goes out like a belly flop in a pool. The Flash should have definitely been the last film to close the DCU, that's for sure. I stand by that. But Aquaman of the Lost Kingdom, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Disappointing, because I really did enjoy the first one. The shift in tones is strange they've gone the route, but I do like the campier aspects of the film. And hey, if this is the last time we're going to see Jason Momoa as this character, well, it's been it's been something. Anyways, I've enjoyed him as the character. I've enjoyed the odd pockets where he sprinkled, like the Schneider cut of Justice League. There's been some amazing moments in DCU, but... For this to be that final film to go out on, I don't know, it's kind of when you just like throw your hands in the air like, yeah, whatever, on to the next then. But thank you ever so much for listening. If you've seen Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, do let me know, get in touch, give me your thoughts, score out of 10 if you wish. Looking forward to this year, there are so many more films coming out in 2024, obviously, but I can't wait to sit down, waffle away and have you listening to me talking probably rubbish. Thank you as always, listeners. Until the next episode, take care.